You're listening to episode number 21 of the Secondary Science Simplified podcast. Welcome back to part two of our Ending the Year Strong series. This month's episodes are all dedicated to sharing specific and simple strategies for what you can do now to end the year strong and to serve future you so that when you come back to school in August or maybe September for my Northeastern friends or July for I know those of you who are in Georgia and Arizona, wherever you may be and whenever you go back, you will be able to start the year feeling rested and prepared without that typical back to school stress. In last week's episode, I encourage you to take the time to reflect on your procedures from this past school year. You can hear more about how to do this in episode 20. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the how and why behind the importance of auditing your lesson plans for next school year, regardless if you know what you'll be teaching yet or not. So let's do it. This is Secondary Science Simplified, a podcast for secondary science teachers who want to engage their students and simplify their lives. I'm Rebecca Joyner from It's Not Rocket Science. As a high school science teacher turned curriculum writer, I'm passionate about helping other science teachers love their jobs, serve their students, and do it all in only 40 hours a week. Are you ready to rock the time you spend in your classroom and actually have a life outside of it? You're in the right place, teacher friend. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome back for part two in our May series about how to end the year strong in order to set yourself up for success next school year. I know that at this point in the year, so many of you are just totally exhausted, but I truly hope that these episodes encourage you to use the last little bit of fuel in the tank that you have to serve future you. And this is a concept I am super passionate about, both in my school life and in my home life. I like to be proactive about making conscious choices in how I steward my time and energy in order to serve future me. So what this looks like in my house is simple things like batch chopping and prepping when I'm making meals. So for example, we have homemade pizza every single week as a family. I like mushrooms and green peppers on mine and my husband likes pepperoni and Italian sausage. Opposites clearly attract, right? So once a month, I chop up enough of veggies for my toppings for an entire month's pizzas, and then I freeze each week's toppings separately. And then on that same day when I'm chopping, I'm also going ahead and I'm browning a bunch of Italian sausage for my husband so that he can have it on his pizzas for the entire month. Then each week when we have pizza, All I have to do is make the dough and I have a super simple recipe I do in the morning and then it rises all day so that we're ready to bake it in the afternoon and grate the cheese. And then basically all the other toppings are ready to go and be used. And so I tell you this because I want you to hear that putting in about 20%, maybe more effort in the present can serve future you five times over down the road. This is the same for me with my pizza toppings as it is for you and how you choose to spend the remaining time you have in your classroom this school year. So last week, I challenged you to reflect on your year and your procedures and to start considering changes to make for next school year in that area. Today's challenge is going to require a bit more from you, but hear me out. I want to challenge you to take time to reflect upon and audit your lesson plans from this school year. Now. 
I know that a lot of you don't even know what you're teaching next year yet, and you may not even know until the first day of school. So you may be thinking, why would I even sacrifice an ounce of the dwindling energy I have left to change up lesson plans for a class I may not even teach again? But here's what I'm not asking you to do. I'm not asking you to rewrite entire unit plans or create brand new tests for a class that you don't know you'll ever teach again. Here's what I am asking you to do. While you are still in reflection mode from last week and you're still in this school year and it's very, very fresh, take some time just to think through the lessons you did this year. Personally, I prefer to do this at the end of each unit if I'm able to do so because the lessons are incredibly fresh in my mind, but even doing it at the end of the year is so, so helpful. So again, kind of like we did with procedures, which we talked about in episode 20, I want you to start with the positive. Think back over your units in each course you taught, which went really, really well. What topics did your students grasp really quickly and not have to wrestle through with as much? What instructional resources and methods really aided your students in their learning and understanding? Highlight these things so you can make sure to prioritize them next year in your lesson plans. So I have nice formal lesson plans in a table format that I share in the units that I offer on TBT and that I used to give my admin. But personally, I keep a Word doc. It's so simple of numbered lists, and each number is just the day in the school year where I just list so briefly what we do that day. So we do these stations, we took this amount of notes, and we did these practice problems. It's so basic, like one line per day. For some reason, this visual is just so much more helpful to me than a really beautifully complex unit plan in a table format. So I would go back through this Word doc, and I would truly bold or star the things that were awesome and say like, keep this, this went so well. And then I would start to do the opposite of that. So now after you've done the positive, I want you to consider the units or topics or concepts or instructional methods that did not go so well and make a note. If this is something you think just needs some small tweaks, like maybe it was a lab that would have worked a lot better if you just had more clear instructions. Or maybe those stations, you don't need to throw them entirely out. You just need to create more time in your unit plan to do them well. Or maybe it's a project that would have just been a lot better if it was individually done as opposed to in groups. Also make a note, if it's not a small tweak, if it's something like this is completely unredeemable and it just needs to be entirely replaced, or you just did not enjoy it at all and your students didn't learn from it, so we got to toss it. And if it's just a few tweaks, I really want to encourage you to go ahead and make those changes now. Like if it's just the procedures weren't great, go ahead right now and go back and make edits to those procedures so that they are done for next year. Or leave yourself notes. Like I would go back to my Word document and be like, I need three days for this station activity. We tried it in two. It was way too much. We've got to have three next year so that you'll remember when you're writing your daily lesson plans next year. You will love old you 
when you're sitting down in September or October, November, and you're looking back at your unit plans from this year and you see all of this work that you already did for yourself. Now, for the things that are not small tweaks, that are bigger changes, make a very specific list of what instructional resources you need to replace in each unit. Put it on a sticky note or something. And if you're you know, someone who likes things by paper, put it on the front of that binder that these are the things that need to be changed before you can teach this unit again. So for example, don't just put, I need better evolution activities. The evolution unit was terrible. You need to be specific. Like I need to find an activity that demonstrates natural selection so students can better visualize this process because they still just do not get it. Again, you don't have to find all of these replacements right now. If you have the time and energy, go for it. But the more specific you are, at least in the list that you make, the easier it will be when you're teaching that same unit again next year. And I don't know about you, but I always found that I had a decent amount of random time blocks at the end of the year while I was proctoring standardized tests or monitoring my students working on final exam review packets that I could reflect and audit on my lesson plans then. So I encourage you to end the year strong and use those little pockets of time you can find over the next few weeks wisely. And again, keep your eye on the prize. You're doing this to serve future you. And now, what if you don't end up having this class to teach next school year? Think how helpful it will be if a few years from now, you're scheduled to teach this class again, and you haven't even thought about it in three years, but you already made all of these changes already, or you already have these specific lists at what to do. You'll be so relieved you did this for yourself now because you truly never know when you will teach a class again. And so I really encourage you, even if you don't end up having this class next year, you may have it in two years or three years or four years, and you will be serving future years so much down the road. Things you think you'll remember next school year, you might but you may not remember them three years from now. So do this now while it's so fresh in your mind. I promise it's so much easier. And then here's the other reason why I think it's so helpful to do this auditing and reflecting now on your lesson plans. If you have a weird period of time left in the school year with your students, maybe like after end of year testing, you have a couple days before, you know, the end of the year, or, you know, you have this weird couple weeks after AP exams, and you have juniors, but all your seniors are out. Use that time to get students involved in the process. I talk about this in episode 18, but I really feel like we underutilize our students in terms of how we could be engaging them in this auditing and reflecting process. So give your students a survey. Have them list the topics they felt like they struggled the most with or the labs, activities, or projects that you did this year with them that they didn't feel like were very helpful. And then flip the script and challenge them to come up with replacement ideas or to revise what you already have to make it more effective. Your students can make review stations and games. They can come up with lab ideas or research project ideas. And yes, while most of them may not be entirely usable or even partly usable, you may just at least be inspired with some ideas. 
And at the minimum, it'll be eye-opening to know what they felt like wasn't effective. I cannot tell you how much student feedback has helped me in my own auditing process. So for example, my first year teaching, I did this really cool three-dimensional DNA model with students with beads and string and these plastic things from Michael's. And it was something another teacher in my department did. So we all spent like a week doing it. And the end result was these beautiful models. We hung them from our ceiling. They were the best decor for the year. But the first time that I asked my students about this, it was one of the most common things that students mentioned didn't really help them at all actually understand DNA structure. Like, yes, it was a nice brain break for four to five days of class doing this with their hands, but To me, it was not worth all that instructional time I was sacrificing just for them to make some cool decor for my classroom that modeled DNA. So what I ended up doing was I changed out this entire activity for a much simpler paper model that we just can do in one class period. And then that created space in my unit plan to do a more in-depth candy model of DNA that we then tied into transcription and translation too in my genetics unit. And I still was doing all of this in less time than we were using on the original model. So even just getting your students insight can be so helpful in your auditing process. And one last thing I will say before wrapping up this episode, if you teach three or more preps, I know this can be incredibly daunting to do all of this reflective practice for each of your preps. So I encourage you first, if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode nine That entire month, we talked about balancing multiple preps, but in episode nine specifically, I talk about how I managed lesson planning when I had five preps. So go back and listen to that. We cover how to decide which preps to focus on giving the majority of your effort and just how to make that decision. So if you are able to reflect on all your courses now, great. I highly encourage you to do that. But if you just truly don't have the capacity to go through all seven preps you had this year, then go back and give that episode a listen to kind of decide which ones you should focus on in terms of preparing yourself for next year. All right, y'all, I know that in these past two episodes, I've really challenged you to do a lot of mental work and reflection, but I really think it will be so worth it for you in the long run. And stay tuned because next week we will have another challenge. It will be a lot less reflective and a lot more hands-on. So you can end your year strong and hopefully it'll be a nice little brain break for you that will still help set you up for success next school year. Thank you for tuning in today. If you're enjoying this podcast and the challenges and strategies you're hearing about, I really think you would love being a part of the Secondary Science Simplified Virtual Professional Development course and community. I wrote this course last year to provide practical professional development and more one-on-one support than I can offer through your earphones as you listen to this podcast or through your phone as you read a blog post. And I had such a blast running the first round of it last summer. I'm going to be opening it up again this summer. It only opens once a year for enrollment. So if you're interested in being notified when the course is available again this year, be sure to go to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash SSS waitlist to join the waitlist. All right, teacher friends, that wraps up today's episode. If you're looking for an easy way to start simplifying your life as a secondary science teacher, head to itsnotrocketscienceclassroom.com slash challenge to grab your classroom reset challenge. And guess what? 
It's totally free. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you here next week. Until then, I'll be rooting for you, teacher friend.